Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're done with your Oreo. Yeah. <laughs> don't with my Oreo. Okay, good. Um, Do we really know what happened the brother did. The brother. That's what I thought too. I mean, that seems like kind of obvious. Hey, just talk about death. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm murdery, murdery thingy, 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 thingy. What's up? <laughs> hey, everybody! Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Trick, Best time of the trick year. Trick or treat. It, yeah. Trick or treat, smell my feet, give me something good to eat. As you if know, you don't, I don't care, I'll pull down your underwear. <laughs> I've never heard that one. Uh, my favorite holiday is Thanksgiving. That's because you didn't so go to public school. <laughs> I did go to public school. I, well, I went to private school for high school. Oh. All before that was public school. Yo, public school, high school is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to go to something else. <laughs> anyway. It was fun. Yep. So, I remember high school. Yeah. High school was... It wasn't that long ago for you. time. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Welcome to Mystery Murdery Thingy. Oh, yeah. This is Mystery Murdery Thingy. I'm Chloe. I'm Mario. That's Mario. What's up? <laughs> I'm just going to keep saying what's up to you <laughs> throughout the whole episode. What's up? What's up? What's up, girl? Can I have your number? Can I have your number? <laughs> Can I have it? That was from Mad TV, right? Yeah. <laughs> we were watching like... You oh, know. that's a French-ass name, Yvonne. Yvonne. Oh, that's a French-ass name. My little croissant. <laughs> Some cheese. I'm my croissant. <laughs> my delicate. <laughs> What's your name, delicate? Yeah. <laughs> can I have your... Can, can I have it, though? But can I have can, it? Can I have it? Can I have it? <laughs> Look up... What, what was it on YouTube? <laughs> Can what I have you, your number? Can I have your number? Just put that. TV. I feel like most people have seen that. I haven't seen it. You haven't seen it because you're not a millennial. 
Well, I watched a lot of Mad TV. You're like a late millennial, and I'm like an early millennial. But see, the difference is I also watched In Living Color. You, you I watched a little bit of In Living Color. Yeah. Not as much as I watched Fresh Prince or Saved by the Bell. Right. I or didn't, Full House. I didn't watch Saturday Night Live that much. I didn't watch SNL either. I watched... The one time that I sat down to watch SNL was when baby Justin Bieber was on it. He was 15 years old, and I was goo-goo gaga for fucking Justin Bieber. (laughs) You were a believer. I was a huge believer. I had Bieber fever, and I had it bad. Gross. (laughs) (laughs) You you got fucking cured. That was a (laughs) interesting two years of my life. Yeah. He's, uh, He's weird. So you saw that that thing that he was involved in with the eating the burrito from the inside out? That was like a hoax or whatever. I saw a Cause like a headline, like a passing headline, and then I was didn't care. I've only seen headlines. <laughs> I only saw headlines because I like didn't care. Am I like, scrolling through the news? I saw a picture like, oh that he God. like ate it sideways. But apparently that's not true. It was like some like Twitter hoax or something. I don't care. You're on Twitter a lot more than I me. I love Twitter. You didn't see that on Twitter? Well, no, Twitter's been talking a lot about sports lately. About the World Series. About the World Series and about college football. That's what's been trending on Twitter right now. Yeah, I don't follow those that closely. I know UT fucking lost to Oklahoma at the last second because it's fucking UT. They can't get their shit together over the past like five years. Hook them. Uh, I didn't go to UT, but that's... Texas! That's, that's who I mostly root Guys, for. Guys, Mario's from Texas. Did you I'm, know? Did, have we <laughs> ever aware? mentioned that before? I'm not sure if we've ever talked about that. Texas? <laughs> like, a bunch of times. <laughs> Hi, I'm Mario. I'm from Texas. Hey. That's what you said to me. Hey, guys. What's up? My name is Mario Silva. I'm from Texas. It's <laughs> cool. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> uh, I'll make Texas? it back there someday. Should we, like, get started? We should get started. <laughs> okay, who who's going to go first? Um, Who went first last time? I think I should I go... I think we played rock, paper, scissors, I, and I, I went first. I think I should go first. You said yours is, like, really mysterious, right? Yeah, mine's weird. Mine's yours bizarre. Yours is really weird? Okay. Yeah. Okay, let, let's go... Let's do yours. Oh, yes, okay. we're doing Halloween mysteries, everybody. So these... Yeah, we thought in honor of Halloween that we would do stuff connected to Halloween, because it's super innovative, right? The only really, like, thing that I could find was that stuff that, like, happened on Halloween. Not, like, that it's, like, connected to Halloween or, like, has to do with Halloween. True. Mine doesn't have to I do with Halloween. I wanted to find, like, a hol- some kind of Halloween mystery, but I, like, couldn't. Like, the, like, closest thing I could, like, really think of was the Salem Witch Trials, which we all know now is a case of mass hysteria, which is a mystery in and of itself. Well, but th- there's also the mold and stuff, you know. Oh, they, yeah, the they, bread. They might have been high the whole time, or something might have been in the water, too. That's I think dope. I heard that, too. They were high the entire time. Yeah, um, but mine did take place on Halloween. So did mine. Uh, specifically, Halloween 2002. Okay. So uh, I'm doing the, the murder... Possibly murder, probably murder of Christopher Jenkins. I'll call it the probably murder of Chris Jenkins. Because it's actually a mystery as to whether, like, he actually was murdered or not. We'll kind of get into that. So it's Halloween night, 2002, in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Chris Jenkins, he's this, like, really kind of, like, preppy, up-and-coming senior at the University of Minnesota. He's, like, I think he was a lacrosse player. Uh, He played some kind of sport. lacrosse is hard. 
lacrosse is hard. It's also really fun to watch. Um, he was super popular. You know, he was just like, I got really good grades. He was like getting a business degree. Mm-hmm. He had like jobs lined, job interviews lined up. You know, he was like an up and comer, right? And he was out with his friends. He was wearing a sort of unfortunate American Indian costume. I did see a picture of it. But it's 2002. But it is also 2002. <laughs> I, I guess, you know, if, we, if you, you know, things Not that it's different. ever really okay, but. Right, right. Um, but, you know, it's, it's. It is what it is. So he, uh, he he was dressed up like an American Indian, and he was out at, like, this kind of kegger, you know, I assume, like, on campus probably or somewhere around there. And at about 10.30 p.m., the group decides they're going to head downtown, right? They're going to hit the bars. Yeah. And they go to the Lone Tree Bar and Grill, and about an hour and a half, two hours later, Chris is actually kicked out. It's not really clear why exactly, but two off-duty cops who were, like, security at the bar that night kicked him out. And because he was wearing a costume that had no pockets, he he had left all of his stuff with, like, a female friend of his. Oh. So he didn't have his keys. He didn't have his phone. He didn't have a coat. He didn't have his wallet. Like, he was just completely kind of, like, destitute out on the street. So it's, like, you know, past midnight, not a good part of town— Super cold. It was apparently, like, 20 degrees that night. Whoa. And he... No one, like, totally really knows what happened to him after that point. So that's kind of, like, the mystery. That's scary. But when his friend went to give him his stuff back the next morning, she found that he had not been back to his... Or he wasn't at his apartment. Like, she knocked and whatever, and he wasn't there. So she calls his parents. His parents call the police. Like, they start the search. And his parents, like, immediately thought, like, oh, no, something's happened to Chris. Because, like, he was, like I said, like, super responsible, like, always called home and everything. So they're just like, oh, fuck, what happened? So the police's first thought is, oh, he must have walked across the Hennepin Avenue Bridge, which apparently is pretty close to there. But the parents uh, got a hold of the uh, cameras um, they were pointing at the bridge. There was some from like a bank and they didn't show anybody, um, that looked like Chris walking across the bridge that night. So they, they don't think that that's what happened. And the police don't really find anything like the, the investigation just kind of flounders at that point. Wow. And so the, the, um, the parents bring on a private investigator because basically the police at this point think, oh, it was probably, you know, a a suicide or an accidental drowning. And that's like kind of the main idea from the police at, at first, actually for like a long time. Um, but the, the parents always thought, Oh, it must've been something else, right? It must've been like murder or foul play. So they bring on this private investigator, uh, Chuck Loesch, who, um, is told by a witness that a gang of at least 10 men that night had attacked a man they think it might have been like a a gang like an initiation ritual. Oh my god! Um, and and then like took him off like into the night. Um, so where that was supposedly like said to have happened, there were like two separate bloodhounds that found that like um, tracked Chris's scent to that place, and it it was like the 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 basement of a parking garage, I think, or, like, the first floor of a parking garage. It was, like, you know, it's kind of a secluded place, right? Like, where you would take somebody back if you were going to, like, oh my you know, do something, right? 
So um, they also at that site found blood and like a fake feather that they think might have been from like his costume. It had like, you know, a feather, like headdress kind of thing. Um, So that's kind of like where things sit for a while. Like the the case kind of runs cold, both from the police because they're not really looking and also from the private investigator doesn't really find like anything else at after that point. Four months later, actually four months to the day later, Chris's body washes up on the east side of the Mississippi River. Oh my gosh. So a woman actually saw um, the corpse floating on its back with its arms <sighs> in front from the Third Avenue Bridge where it had floated down. And, like as I said before, the police thought, oh, it must have been an accident or suicide. But the the family just, like, refused to believe that at all um, up to this day. So they pointed, you know, again, to Chris as having, like, job interviews lined up, him looking forward to graduation. Yeah. He didn't apparently have any history of depression or suicidality as far as anything that I saw or read. Um, but the Emmy eventually ruled Chris's body or that Chris died rather by accidental drowning. But the family continued to investigate on their own. They kind of like took over the role of the police basically at that point. And, um, they, you know, well, tried I mean, to once find it's out, ruled like, an accidental happened. drowning, there's not much the police can do at that point. Right. Except, well, they're not going to do, you know, because they say essentially no crime happened here. Yeah. So there's no point in like putting any resources into it but the family again had their a lot of doubts and they brought in um some experts including this guy dr michael badden um that um said that the and this is a a quote from one of my sources that the appearance of chris's body did not fit with the suicide or accident theories held by the police Due to a natural reaction to try to swim, most drowning victims are found face down, arms out toward their sides, clothing disheveled, and one or both of their shoes missing. Chris was found on his back with his arms crossed in front. His shirt was still tucked into his drawstring pants. Mm. He was also still wearing both oversized slip-on shoes, a necklace, and a ring on each hand. So, basically... Sounds like he he was put there. Exactly, like, placed into the water. Yeah. Not that he, like, jumped into the water or that his body was thrown from a high distance. Because there would have just been, like, signs of that on the body, right? So eventually, and this is actually, like, you know, we'll fast forward four years later. um, The new police chief, Tim Dolan, reopens the case in 2006. He also publicly apologizes to the family and says, like, they did not do enough to, like, investigate this. And the new medical examiner also changes the official cause of death oh. from accidental drowning to homicide. Wow. That's yeah. a big step. Yeah. So the police basically, after four years, says, we got it wrong. Did this something was a happen? Homicide. I think it's just the accumulation of, of like, evidence. Um, okay. Okay. You know, and the, the family's just, like, keeping on it, you know, and, and doing their own investigation and... All that sort of stuff. I think when the new police chief looked it over again, he thought, well, this is kind of suspicious. There was also a sort of like jailhouse confessor, you know, um, or like a a snitch, you know, whatever, 
um, so to speak, who told authorities that he was there when Chris's body was thrown from the Hennepin Avenue bridge. So they thought like, oh, big, you know, break in the case, right? So uh, it, until they started like kind of thinking about it. So the the authorities thought, okay, but this sounds like pretty unlikely. The Hennepin Avenue bridge where this guy said that this happened, it's really brightly lit. There's, like I said before, lots of cameras on it. Mm. Lots of traffic going over it. They would have seen it. something. Someone would have seen Someone something. Someone would have seen something. Yeah. Exactly. Which was actually, it's funny you say that. That was the kind of like quote that they had on the, I think, first uh, poster that they put out to, to try to find Chris. You know, people always put out like, you know, um, missing persons posters. Yeah. And it had that quote on it. Someone knows something. Yeah. There, there's also... A, like, security railing and, um, you know, just, like, a lot of stuff that they would have had to throw the body, like, over and around. So it just didn't really make sense. And also the body didn't really have that, like, trauma consistent with being thrown over this bridge. So they think, or at least I think, this is probably, like, a false confession. That this guy just wanted to get, like, better treatment or a deal or attention or something. I don't know. But this case... You know, it kind of, that's kind of the way it goes, right? Like, stuff comes up, but it's never really clear what's true or what's real. And there's, like, a lot of, like, strong feelings from the different investigators that have been involved in the case over the years about, like, whether this was suicide or homicide. You know, who might have done this? There's, like, really, like, violent, not violent, but, you know, very ardent um disagreements about these things that I saw and like I uh, was telling you I watched the ID channel like episode mm-hmm. about this or one of them and um, the two guys like disagreed like a lot um, so there is evidence that seems to show that Chris suffered some kind of trauma right because there was like the bleeding right um, presumably that was his like blood there I, I don't know but I never heard about any like testing or anything but I'm assuming that it was, like, his blood that they found in, like, the parking garage, right? Yeah. But, I mean, if if the witness said, if, the you know, the witness said there was ten people, could have been anybody's blood. Even if, the, even if that was Chris getting jumped, it could have been somebody else, too, I guess. Yeah, it's hard to know. So, presumably what happened was, you know, he was taken to that parking lot... He was driven down to the river, like, drowned there, killed some other way, put into the water. You have to also remember that, like, he was, his body was in the water for four months. So there was, like, a lot of, like, right, you know, right. degradation. It's harder to it, yeah. analyze. It, it, exactly. It's, like, hard to, you know, evidence is, like, lost after that point. Um, so we'll probably, like, never really know what, what happened to Chris Jenkins. Like, that's kind of, like... It it is like a really really big mystery, um, and it kind of like ties into this bigger mystery that I I didn't kind of like really know I was going to get into at first, but I don't know if you've ever heard of the smiley face killer or the smiley face killers. Was he found with a smile on his face? No, it's not that. Um, oh. So, the it, okay. So this is this other thing that people have tied Chris Jenkins's ki- or possible killing possibly into so we're, we're we're getting into kind of like you know speculative territory here but you know again embrace the mystery right yeah um so the smiley face killer or killers it's this series of unsolved drowning deaths 45 of them what 
that some people think are linked. These happened in 25 cities in 11 states between 1997 and 2008, uh, approximately. Uh, so the, the, these hmm. possible victims, right? These men who, and they were all men as far as I heard, to whom this happened um, were popular, athletic, good students. Sound oh, like, so sound he like fits anyone the we profile, know exactly, yeah. or the victimology, or whatever. He he fits the you know possible victimology. <laughs> so that's, we don't even really know if they were murdered or not, um, which is the weird thing about all of this, right? Although obviously it's tragic, you know these people died. Like, yeah. yeah, they were victims of something. Um, so. Also, you know, these graffiti of a smiley face that was found on a lot of the sites where the bodies were dumped or, or where they Yo, were found, that's would, you weird. know, whatever. Um, yeah, so the, this, like, showed up in, in, like, a lot of these places, so it made them think there was, like, this kind of, like, connection between was them as well. Was there graffiti at where Chris was found? Um, not that I heard of. Um, so this you know, kind of like smiley face killer theory. It It's mainly proposed by these two retired New York City detectives. Their names are Kevin Gannon and Anthony Duarte. There, there's like a picture of them on one of the, the articles that I read. I think it was the All Things Interesting article. Okay. And uh, it looked like they had like a, you know, like an A&E show together or something. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, the investigators. <laughs> tonight on A&E. Yeah. Tonight at 11. Um, I th- that's probably already a show, isn't it? The Investigators. I don't know. It's too generic. Anyway, um, and like you were talking about before, like the victimology is a big reason why they think these things are linked. So other than being similar in like race, you know, gender, um, social standing, you know, all that sort of stuff, most of the victims were also drunk like Chris Jenkins and leaving a party. Mm. Now this has led most of the police to conclude that those cases are ones of, you know, accidental drowning. Like they initially thought with Chris Jenkins's case, but Kevin Gannon and Anthony Duarte are just like, not so sure. Right. Um, and one of the things that points to this is that at least one of these, the person was not known to drink at all. So they know that he wasn't drunk. Um, but the case that kind of sparked the investigation for, um, the two detectives was the drowning death of Patrick McNeil in New York City on February 16th, 1997. McNeil was seen leaving the Dapper Dog on Manhattan's Upper East Side and then never seen again. Is that a bar? Alive. That's, That's a, cool a bar, yeah. a bar. That is a cool name for a bar, I agree. Um, the Dapper Dog. Um... <laughs> And unfortunately, uh, Patrick's body was found on April 7th floating near a pier in the Bay Ridge section of Brooklyn, where it had floated to. So Kevin Gannon basically made this, like, vow to the family, right? Like, solemn oath, right? Like, I will find out what happened to your son. And this became his, like... His, like, life yeah, goal. The, his his life goal, his... Uh, Raison d'etre, if you will. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> is that French? Yeah, his his reason for being is uh his path. Deja vu. Wee wee baguette. I feel the aware. My little bigot. <laughs> oh what was it? My oh my little croissant. <laughs> Some cheese on my croissant. Oh my croissant. 
Oh, you almost made me drop my croissant. What is that from? It's a vine. Oh, okay. I don't know. <laughs> so Kevin Gannon makes this oath, you know, to the family of Patrick McNeil. You know, I'm going to find out the truth. What really happened to your son? And because, again, the police had thought, like, oh, this was just an accidental drowning. So um, what they found out from that point, and this is 2001, um, when when this kind of, like, all started up, and um, Kevin Gannon brought on his old partner, Anthony Duarte, who had by that time also retired, um, to, to kind of start. I think they have, like, a private investigator, like, firm together. And they start looking into these these cases. And in uh, the Patrick McNeil case, they found out that the body actually had several signs of trauma pointing to foul play. Like that Chris there were Jenkins. That there were ligature marks on the you know, on the neck, that there were signs of like charring on the body. Whoa. So weird stuff. Um and they start to link these other deaths because of again the the uh the the similar type of circumstances and the similar type of victims and there was actually like a spate of these type of deaths that happened in a 40-day period in 2003 in Minnesota and Wisconsin i don't remember how many it was that but seems there was like several really weird yes yeah, so it was like really concentrated and um again they also found the creepy smiley faced graffiti at a lot of these sites now we do have to say that pretty much all other authorities other than these two guys don't think that this is real at all. They don't think that there's a serial killer or that these are even murderers. So essentially they say this is all made up and that the smiley face killer is like essentially like a mass a case of mass hysteria, right? Like well, it doesn't really exist. It's just people like linking together these coincidental deaths in a way that makes it seem like there's this nefarious group of killers out there. And there's like the, this um, documentary I watched a little bit of that, that makes this case that you can watch on like YouTube about the smiley face killers. I would say definitely watch that for some more information. What, what were you going to say? That, I don't know. I think some of it's plausible. I mean, I think some, I mean, out of 45, some I don't know them, about it, 45, but the ones that happened, happened within a 40-day period. Like around the same area. I think you'd, I guess, have to look more specifically into each case, which would take a lot more research than I did. But, some, I mean, could some of them be foul play? Sure. Could Chris Jenkins' death have been foul play? Definitely. But, yeah, I don't know about the whole notion of the smiley face killer as a thing or smiley yeah. face killers because then they get into this whole thing it, it's like you know it's like a death cult you know and it's it's like these people may, maybe they have honey pots who are like luring guys away that's a little far far-fetched yeah it, it starts to extrapolate very quickly like i'm listening to the uh, west memphis three um last podcast on the left right now right right it's that kind of satanic panic idea right like we tend to want to think that there are these like roving groups of like satanic you know psycho killers that are like roaming the countryside but it's not really true for the most part like yes that has happened i mean look at the toy box killer right or the family you know charles manson Ugh. you know it's not like these kind of things haven't happened sure but they're exceedingly rare they're rare they're super rare they're super rare and 
it it's just what, what it's like Occam's razor, right? What's more likely to be true here? Probably is true. And that's that. Yeah, the vast majority is probably are accidental deaths. But that's a really unsatisfying answer, right? <laughs> it is an unsatisfying answer. <laughs> but, you know, that's sometimes mysteries have uh, unsatisfying answers. But, again, I'm not answering it. All of them could be murders, for all I know. There could be a we roaming band. We don't know the answer. Maybe they're back. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, that was my uh, story for this Halloween week. That was good. Yeah. Wow, I'm going to get... So plastered tomorrow night. <laughs> yeah, we're recording this on Tuesday. Love so. Halloween. Yeah. Yeah, today's Halloween. actually Tuesday. Today's actually the day before Halloween, in but our it's timeline. still Halloween. But in your timeline. But in your timeline. When I, whenever I post this. In the this, future. The future. Ooh. Your kids. It's your kids, Marty. Oh, you've never seen Back to the Future. <laughs> Because I, like, was never really interested. <laughs> it's one of those movies that's a classic where I just was, like... We should watch it. We should put it on our list. Okay. We, have, we have, like, a list of movies to we watch We do together. have a good list of movies. If you want to add to our list, let us know. We, we've watched Into the Woods. We watched Shutter Island. Oh, Shutter Island was good. It was good. I love Leo. Everyone loves Leo. I've never seen Titanic, though. I don't like Titanic. I think it's scary. I like Keira Knightley too, or not Keira Knightley. Uh, what's her name? Who's the was the other? Who's the female lead in? Uh... Nah, I have a face, but I don't have a name. She was good too. I don't know. I've seen her in other movies. Anyway, what's your story okay. for this week, Chloe? Mine. Oh, what were your sources? Oh shit! Yeah. Um, so I didn't write mine down. So I'm gonna read them off my phone now. <laughs> That's what's happening right now. So the smiley face murder theory page on Wikipedia. Um, I did watch a little bit of that documentary, The Smiley Face Killers, the award-winning and horrifying documentary feature film, viewed over a million times on YouTube. Awesome. Go and watch it. Uh, I saw the first, like, 15 minutes or something, um, but it was pretty good. So, also an article on All Things Interesting by Amy Lamoureux. Um What else? What else? Uh, oh, yeah, this really good website um it's a a blog actually footprints at the river's edge which is the name of a book by chris's mom about the whole thing that you can get on like amazon yeah she wrote like a book about it uh about like the whole experience um by jen jenkins uh chris jenkins's mom but this is like a a blog um that had a really good like rundown of, of everything that happened um and then that investigation discovery episode also an article about the investigation discovery episode by uh, Patty Dexter um, on Southwest News. Used a lot. I had like a lot of sources. Um, some CBS News articles, a CNN article about it from the time. Yeah, I don't. I don't need to go through like every single one. I guess. Okay. So mine is about a guy called David Stone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm like looking at him like that. To know who he is. No. You know, David. You, da- you David, know, David you know, Stone. David Stone. You know. So basically, he was this 29 year old stock market analyst, um, super smart, talented, successful guy. He is from. I'm okay. I'm not exactly. I'm going to butcher this name. La Jolla, California. La Jolla. 
Hoya? Haya? Hoya. Hoya. You took Spanish. I know, but I couldn't, I don't know. Ella. Yeah, it's like its own letter in the alphabet. It is, it is its own letter. Which is weird. So it was Enye. Enere. And. Eche. Eche. Perro? Dog? <laughs> yes. You know Spanish. Map. Look at you. La mapa. <laughs> Good. On the map, on the map, on the map, on the map, on the map. Dora, anybody? No. no. Okay. Did you know in other countries she teaches English? Really? I yeah. did not know that. Anyway, we're way off topic. That's true. So, he's from California. Who's this guy? David Stone, 29-year-old stock market analyst from California. Like I said, he's like successful, pretty normal guy. Um, he was really into the New Age movement. So he disappeared in 1988. It so is like, the dawning of the age of Aquarius. Age of Aquarius. Yep. So this is like... <laughs> really popular in the UK in the 70s and the 80s, but then it became even more popular in the US in the 80s and 90s. Right. Um, so it's a basically a also religious... Also amongst some people now. Yes. It's a religious some, some movement. It's like coming back. It's yeah, weird. It's true. Um, and astronomy is like trendy, or astrology is like really trendy right now, and it's kind of annoying. Yeah. I, it, it, I mean, like most things, it's like, you know, I can't discount or disprove it. It's sort of disprovable, so it has that, I guess, going for it. Guys, look. But it's... It, I'm an you know. Aquarius, Mario's an Scorpio, okay? We're supposed to Aquarius. have... Aquarius! We're supposed to have, like, a violent, tumultuous relationship, and it, we're really fine. Although, I, I mean, it, I've read some of those things in previous relationships, and it's been pretty spot on, so I don't know. But they're, they're also written... Exactly. They're written kind of vaguely, and, you know, it can kind and of And it's fit like the placebo effect. And it's things that you would want to be true. You, you know, want it to be part, true, exactly. So. Okay. The New Age movement, religious movement, popular in the 70s and 80s. So it focused on a, a quote, new age of love and, and light and, and happiness. Um, it utilized personal transformation and healing. A lot of it had to do with um, spiritual spirituality. Um, its strongest supporters... Uh, uh, were esoteric. They followed esotericism. So have esoteric means having an, an inner secret or or meaning. So um, it's a religious perspective perspective that's also based on gaining mystical knowledge through right. like self awareness and sometimes ritual magic and things such as that. There have always been these strains and. Different religions of like mi- mystical, you know. Yes. Like the there's like a, a mystical Judaism and like a a mystical version of Islam and a mystical version of Christianity and. Yes. It's I think it's it's kind of the, it's like the the cool version. The cool version. They're like uh they're they're a little more chill. Yeah. You know they're like uh, a little more like hey man they're like the hippie version of is that what it is. Are they the hippie versions of each of them? They sound kind of, like, peaceful and... I guess it's all about, like, oneness and, like, you know, be like embracing the mystery, right? Yes, but it also has a, this eclectic structure where there's, like, multiple theories and multiple uh, styles and ideas. Uh-huh. But in the end, it's all focusing on spirituality and... Um, 
you know, being one with yourself. And some of it also focuses on uh, communicating with semi-divine beings like like angels and right. things like a, a mystical that. knowledge, like you're yes. saying. Yes. Yeah. Um. So. Our story begins on October 28th, 1988. Uh, David had a Halloween party at his apartment where he got into an argument with a friend that turned into an all-out attack. Um, he started hitting him repeatedly. So after this violent outburst, he he left the party. Um, and he told everybody else to leave, too. So he told his friends and his family that he was going on a trip to, to reflect and that, uh, he would be back in a few days. I know it's very odd. All of this is very bizarre. So on the morning of Halloween, 1988, David walked into the desert, 145 miles East of Tucson, Arizona. He was spotted by a farmer and the farmer started, you know, talking to him because these people aren't usually out here. There's usually not tourists on this uh, side of the of uh, Tucson, um, he saw him walking down a. There are like two accounts. Either he was like walking down a dirt road, or he was like on this guy's property. Like I think he was like on the farmer's property. Okay. Um, but it was on like kind of the edge of the desert. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the farmer talked with him, and he noted that he was dressed inappropriately for the weather. Um, he was muttering, and he. He told the farmer that he was, quote, in search of the beast, end quote. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> in search. That's, that's a weird thing to say. Um, local residents of, of this, like, little desert town also reported seeing him um, walking around throughout the day. Um, he was acting weird. Like I said, he was talking to himself. He was going through, like, the really rough parts of the, the desert, really rough terrain. Um, I guess that's that's where the beast would be. I suppose. And then that Halloween was the last time he was seen. After that, he vanished. Huh. So his car was found November 5th, five days later. Um, it was found abandoned along Highway 80 in New Mexico, um, 14 miles south of Road Forks, New, Road Forks, New Mexico. So... His family and friends think that he went on a, quote, vision quest, which is like this pretty common um, new age thing, which is basically like he went off on a little journey to go find himself, to learn more about himself. Right. I think basically what it, you you walk into the desert and you don't sleep or, you know, eat or anything until you... Um, you know, start hallucinating because that's right. what naturally will happen in your body, you know, if you do that. Didn't, like, Henry and then you David have Thoreau vision. do that? Mm, no, not really. What, like? He did, I guess, his version of that. But that was just, like, going to live in a cabin, like, on the outskirts of town. <laughs> You're right. Okay. And walking around Walden Pond a lot. It was a good book. I liked it. Yeah, but... I didn't like it because I had to read it and like oh. write papers on it. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? Civil dif- disobedience. That one too. Yeah. So that's what I had to read. I think. Yeah. When oh. he he didn't want to pay the tax. Yeah, it was about taxes. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh God, I hate it. Oh. High school <laughs> English. Right. If you're in high school right now, you'll get through it. You'll look back and be like, "Wow, I can't believe I did that." Go me. 
I really liked, um, what was it? The one that was like a ghost story. Um, oh, I can't remember. What Are you thinking of now. Edgar Allan Poe? No, I mean, I like Edgar Allan Poe too, but no, there was like a book I had to read in school. But it was like a ghost story. The only, not the only, but one of the books that I had to read in school that I actually liked was The Outsiders. Oh, The Outsiders is really good. Yeah, that was that was a really good. Cool so was the movie. The movie was good too. Yes, there's a video game of it as well. What? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I don't know if it's good or not. Anyway, New Age Vision Quest. That's what the family thought. So things get weirder when they investigators start looking at his car. Um, so he left his car near, um, these pyramid shaped mountains and pyramids are an important symbol in the new age movement. Uh, they also found a pyramid fashioned out of rocks. They found, or they found two pyramids like made out of, out of rocks, um, surrounded by like a big triangle. And, uh, David's Rolex watch was also found next to these things. Three miles further north, etched into the soil, was um, the Fibonacci sequence. So the Fibonacci sequence, for those who don't know math, I didn't know what it was. I had to look it up. Zero plus one plus one plus two. It's a series of numbers where each number is the sum of the two preceding numbers. So it's zero, one, one, two, three, five, Eight. eight. 13, 13. 21, <laughs> You're reading them off a of paper. You're right. <laughs> but um, I never claimed to be good at math, okay? I just claimed to know what the Fibonacci sequence was. So it's something that's also used in, in stock analysis. So it wasn't like a weird thing right. that he like knew it. It's also a thing that's used in the movie Pi as a device in the Darren Arno- Aronofsky movie Pi, which is really good, which is where I initially heard about the Fibonacci sequence. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what was weird about this was that uh, his ended um, in, se- in 18 instead of 20. So it said 0, 1, 1, 2, 3, 5, 8, 13, 18 hmm. instead of 21. So it wasn't, re- it wasn't uh, correct. Right. Hmm. So some of the theories for that is that his jersey number in high, in high, he played high school football was number 18. Um, his car uh, was found in mile marker number 18. Also, uh, this is what Reddit said, and this is what I think is the most plausible, that he he skipped a number and added wrong. So, you know, the sequence 0, 1, 1, 2, 3, 5, 8, 13, 21... And he added um, five and thirteen instead of eight and thirteen to get twenty-one, and so we got eighteen instead. Sure. That is that what does seem the most plausible. Makes the most sense to me. Yeah. Um. But why would he be writing the Fibonacci sequence in the dirt anyway? Exactly. So bloodhounds tracked his scent thirteen miles north good for from bloodhounds. That's like the second time they come up this. Episode. Right. Right. Um, good dogs. Uh, they tracked his scent 13 miles north from where his car was found, but after that, the trail went cold. In his car, his parents found a small business card inside a pocketbook-sized Bible with the name Tony Ballesteros on it. And they interviewed this guy. And I was like, I don't know who David is. Like, I don't know who this guy is um, at all. So that was a dead end. Um, 
A strange note was also found in the car. Quote, they think the word is in the safe. Six knives in Rob's room. Use buys your tea and use take your chances on Halloween. End quote. That's a very strange Isn't note. Isn't it strange? <laughs> oh my God. Take your chances on Halloween. Take your chances on Halloween. So, four years later, in February of 1992, two hikers discovered David Stone's skeletal remains in the desert near Granite Gap, New Mexico, which is the same vicinity, the same area where all his car was and where his, these weird clues were found. So the questions here are how did he die? Was he killed by drug smugglers? That's a theory um, to protect shipment because that's very common out in that area. Did they say how long he had been alive? Like, or no? How old he was? I mean, how long had he been out there before he died? No, I they didn't find any information huh. like that. Maybe they just couldn't tell after this. That much I time. think that's what it was. It was yeah. four years later, and they just found skeletons. Um, was. Like, it was a death by misadventure, right. like dehydration, exposure, that type of thing. Was he murdered? 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 Murdered? <laughs> what does the note mean? Who's Rob? Did his beliefs... So he didn't have, like, a friend named Rob or some shit? Not that I read about. Okay. It was an Unresolved Mysteries episode, and then I, like, looked on the Unresolved wiki... Okay. Because this episode aired in, like, 98 or something, or 90. Oh, wow. Um, so did his beliefs have anything to do with his de- his death? Was he having some kind of mental break, or was he something go wrong in his vision quest or whatever? Did the beast get him? Did the beast get him? Who is the beast? What is the beast? Why did he wander off in the first place? Is this an episode of Supernatural? Right. Waiting to be written? What what's with the rock formations? What's with the pyramids and the triangles? Why did he leave his car? And his watch. And his watch, his Rolex. Was he looking for something was like the beast? Was it a real beast? Rolex or was it a fake Rolex? This is serious. Oh, sorry. This is serious. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like how you could tell immediately that I was fucking around. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, what does the beast mean? Was he supposed to meet somebody? Perhaps Rob? Who wrote the note? Did he write the note? Yes. That's the end of my mystery. Definitive answer. (laughs) That's the mysterious story of David Stone. The mysterious David Stone. David Stone. I, I like how in both of ours, we don't know whether they were actually killed or not. Right. That we makes just it kind know of that weird. they're dead. Yeah. There's like, there's a body, but we don't know, like, was there murder involved or not? Right. Very, very strange. So what do you think? About what? Do you think David Stone was killed? No, I think he just died out there. Do you think he just died out there? That's what seem, seems like the most plausible. I don't know. What do you think the note was? Uh... Maybe he was high on ayahuasca or something. I don't know. He was having oh. a fucking vision quest. Or peyote. Maybe he had gotten hold of some peyote. I think I read about that on Reddit. Yeah. I mean, who would fucking know? You can't test a skeleton for drugs. You Can know? you? 
May- some kind of technology in the scary, future. Spooky skeletons. What is that? Spooky oh, scary yeah. skeletons. <laughs> Send shivers down your spine. Okay, you ready? Spooky scary. <laughs> Are we doing weird, weird shit, shit in, the in the news? Weird shit in the news. 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 What? You didn't do the weird. Weird. <laughs> so I've got three, but they'll be quick. What? They're all from a- the AP. So, okay. So the first one I'm going to do. Um, okay. We've all been seeing it. I'm just going to mention it briefly. The UK police hunt down shoplifter who looks like David, David Schwimmer. Schwimmer. <laughs> yes. We've all seen it. We've all heard about it. Apparently he has been, you know, apprehended at this point. That's what I heard. And uh, David Schwimmer uh, accounted for his whereabouts at the time of the incident. <laughs> so he, we knew it wasn't him. Because but it really looks like it David really fucking, fucking looks like him. Like, it really... Re- if you haven't seen this picture, which I'm sure you have, look it up. Shoplifter in the UK who looks like David Schwimmer. He, he really looks like... And then David Schwimmer took a picture, of course, and, like, posted of him, like, holding the... Whatever. This guy's, like, stealing, like, Cokes or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Such a fucking idiot. His face is full of on camera. Um... But yeah, David Schwimmer took like a like a funny picture of him like, yeah. doing the same thing. So second one I'm gonna do blowtorch used to kill spiders may have started house fire. Okay, so this fucking oh god really dumb guy who he was um I think house sitting for these people. <gasps> no, that's like worst case scenario. I know, and he saw spiders which he thought were black widow spiders. That's his defense. He was very scared because he thought he had seen a black widow spider. So he thought it'd be a good idea to use a blowtorch to try to kill said spider. It was on the outside of the house, but then the house caught on fire. And uh, the, yeah, fire department had to respond. Nobody was hurt or anything. So the last one I'm going to do is is kind of like a good shit in the news. Uh, Judge chases prisoners, nabs one during attempted escape. So this... Yeah, this judge in uh, Chehalis, Washington, if that's how you say that. Um, so the, there were these two defendants, um, were they named Tanner Jacobson, 22, and Cody Howard, 28. Those are the freaking kids. <laughs> yeah, um, they decided instead of going, you know, back to be detained or whatever, they were just going to make a run for it out the front, literally just out the front. Oh, that was they were still okay. shackled and everything, what was their but plan keep running. They're... I don't know till you can't run no more. Gonna hop I'm not on sure. a train, feet don't fail me now. <laughs> um, gotta get away. So, um, feet, yeah, can't fail me now. while they my were running away, the judge took it upon himself to <laughs> jump up and start chasing them. And he actually caught one of them just as he was about to go through the door. At at the front of the uh, the courthouse, and then they caught the other one like a few blocks away, because <laughs> of course they did. <laughs> and they're just gonna get away. <laughs> you gotta plan an escape. You gotta have a I plan. Just... You gotta get people involved. You gotta get a chisel. You gotta a have chisel. money. You gotta get extra clothes. You gotta get these things. I I was listening to the stranger Ooh. beside me. Right, he had a meticulous plan. That's why he was able to escape twice. And stay escaped for months. Not that I'm saying it's a good thing. It's not good. Ted Bundy we're talking about. Talking about Ted Bundy, the stranger beside me. I forgot that happened. Yeah, the the whole thing that he's like most known for, the Kyle Omega murders, happened after he escaped from prison in Utah, I believe. 
Oh, he escaped I didn't from prison, know that. And then he went to Florida and murdered, like, all of those Kyle Mega girls. the sorority girls. The sorority girls, yeah. So, definitely. But I had a these idiots got year. caught super quick. I had a roommate freshman year who was in Kyo, and I told her about that. And she wasn't um, as fascinated by it as I was. And Not the same sentiment at all. Right. Um, <laughs> and Rules actually, was Ooh. actually in Kyle Mega. Ooh. As well, she said. So it was Rough. good for her. But no, I remember when, uh, I think, didn't LPL do an episode where one of them went down down there and, like, they got really pissed at him or something? Oh, maybe. I it's probably that, Henry. I think that happened. I can't remember. Um, anyway, okay, so my weird shit in the news is from, okay, how do I say that? Valdosta? Valdosta? Valdosta, I think. Valdosta? Yeah. Is that California? I'm not sure. It just says Valdosta. Huh. So... Construction workers bit off more than they could chew Tuesday when they discovered teeth buried in a building <gasps> wall. What? So, basically they Georgia. were writing a commercial space uh, at the TV Converse building when they found an estimated 1,000 teeth buried in the second floor wall. The fuck? Uh, yeah. So, um, they... It's confirmed that the crew members have disposed of the teeth. Um, Good. But the question as to how the teeth got into the wall has been raised. So a researcher named Harry Evans for the Historical Society said the Converse building was constructed in 1900 and its first tenant was Dr. Clarence Whittington, a dentist. Oh. So, uh... He just put all the... I... Extracted teeth in the floor? I, I, I guess. What a weirdo. Where do you put your teeth? Um, I put my teeth in my mouth. Oh. And I that's where they've always been. So it's pretty works out pretty well. Yeah. Um <laughs> There's two other there's two other Georgia cities, Greensboro and Carlton, both have had buildings where teeth have been found in the walls as well. Quote, I'm not sure if it was a common practice between dentists at the time, but it's very strange that there are two other people that said, hey, we've had that happen too, end quote. Very strange. Hmm. Okay, weird dentist. Not the first or last time we're ever going to hear about a weird dentist. We are talking about Little Shop of Horrors earlier. Little Shop, Little Shop of Horrors, Little Shop, Little Shop of Horrors, oh, 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 oh. Yep, that's Cut it. Cut that out. Cut that out. <laughs> Cut you out. Cut it out. Cut it out. 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 You're Cut out. Cut it out. out. Thanks uh, for listening to the podcast. Oh, yes. Thanks the, for listening. On Halloween. Tell all your day. friends. Happy Halloween. Everybody Happy go get some Halloween. candy. Um, if you're 21 and over... Go trick-or-treating. I think that'd be funny as hell. <laughs> Don't. You creep people out. No. <laughs> no, go see Halloween. It's good. Okay. I'm not, not going you. to. Not you. I don't but. like horror movies. But yeah, you know, tell tell your friends about the pod and all the stuff and things. And Follow us on Instagram. The gram. The gram. Bye. 
subtle results. Still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eden syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.